0: It's Banter O'Clock! Welcome to Manchester
1: United! Anthony Welcome to another edition of Banter O'Clock. I'm Ethan Ryder along with Michael Bosky, Nicholas Hodell, and Alvin Roden. Today we're starting off with some big news for most of us. The U.S. men's national team roster was announced. It was a European-based national roster. The only player that's on there that's not of a European team is Sebastian Nijet, only because he's a late addition and his team did not make the playoffs in the MLS. But what are you guys thinking? I personally am very excited for it. A very young team. It's one of the youngest teams in all of the FIFA top 150 rankings. So what are you guys thinking?
2: I mean, yeah, this is what every American fan has been dreaming for for decades, you know? The moment when they could compose a team of fully European, you know, squad players. And, I mean, we've talked about this for weeks now. You know, it's showing the growth. and But now it's time to put it to the test. You know, a lot of big players out there and some people that we don't know much of, besides, obviously, Giorena. We'll get into just Musa a little bit. Richie Ledesma also getting a call-up. Uh, He's been getting a a couple games for PSV so we'll have we have a a nice opportunity to see who's going to be in the mix-up and start building a proper 23 squad for 2022 in
3: Qatar yeah for sure I think the big I think for me it was like this is the first time I've been excited to see a U.S. men's national team roster in a few years it seems I mean like like when I when I first saw it I was I mean I was looking down the list and I was just looking at European team after European team like you know big. And some of the five biggest leagues in Europe. I mean, these are some stars, and they're all young too. They're hungry, and I'm just excited to see, you know, how they all fit together. Because, they, I mean, they haven't played much together. They don't have many. Uh, they don't have much chemistry, as far as we know. Uh, they don't have many minutes behind them. But I'm really excited to see uh, what this team does in their first
0: game, which should be a winnable game. So
3: I'm excited for that.
0: And this is such a big test for the coaching staff now, because pretty much everyone is going to have a bigger scrutiny than perhaps they've ever had before the U S men's national team outside of that, that embarrassing night, which we shall not talk about. And I'm pretty sure you three know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, This is going to be such a bigger test before world cup qualifiers come around. And if they're going to be able to uh, have a lot of success, they need to prove it now before it gets to be way too late into the world cup qualifying stage further down the road. Now, The pandemic obviously complicates things a lot more. We haven't seen any sort of U.S. men's national team for a long, long time. So that will complicate things a little bit and the chemistry could be a little lacking. But this is a fantastic sign.
1: No, yeah, and it definitely what you're saying about that night that shall not be named, it's what everyone wanted to see because it's a complete reboot. How young this team is is what everyone wants to see. One, we're talking about, We've talked about it a couple times on the show. Just young American players that seem to be going into Europe are better than they've ever been uh, that we've seen. And you know the likes of Yunus Musa that just came dual nationalized. I mean, he decided to choose U.S. Of course, this isn't—he's not cap tied because of these friendlies, but it's definitely a big choice just to accept that someone who's been playing for England national team. So that's huge, and it just shows that players want to play for this team as well. And a bunch of players that are playing in Europe—it's a big team. It's a reboot for the national team. It's what everyone wants. There's only positives until if they lose games or look bad. And even then, it's a reboot that's going to take time in a way. But they're all so talented, it seems like it might be like that. They're going to start firing. But we'll move on. Big news. All of us happy about that. Champions League. Nick, we'll go to you first. Man City 3, Olympiacos 0.
0: Far for the course. And it's seemingly a good, good thing, especially as Fernand Torres gets in and continues to produce the way he's been. First goal of this match, the Jay and Cancelo finished it up in the last 10 minutes. This is a very solid performance. Again, it's the kind of performance that City needs to continue putting up, especially in a group that is pretty weak compared to City's quality. Uh, Pretty soon they should be able to hopefully clinch a spot in the knockout stage, hopefully clinch that top spot uh, so we can get even more of those junctures, some playing time, some all-important playing time. Uh, And I really think that they're going to be in a strong position to do that fairly soon. For sure. Big game from
1: City. Another big game. Atalanta 0, Liverpool 5. I I was honestly shook at this. Like, it was happening, and I was like, whoa, what is happening right now? Because Diogo Jota looked like prime Fernando Torres. Rhys Williams basically looks like prime Van Dyke. Joe Gomez looked like prime Jamie Carragher, whoever the heck you want to say. It was the best performance (laughs) possibly I've ever seen Liverpool play definitely the best performance they've had this season without a shadow of a doubt they looked like Liverpool of old which is good in some ways because of how attacking they were and then they still kept a clean sheet of course there there were a couple saves that Alisson needed to make Duvan Zapata hit the corner the post and the crossbar corner where they meet I don't know how that didn't go in got a little lucky in that case but they looked absolutely spectacular and just how many injuries that the team has for them to play this well is kind of insane because everyone was basically saying that Liverpool need to panic. They don't have Van Dijk. Didn't have Thiago. Didn't, we didn't even play Firmino. Decided to play Jota instead. And, of course, there was – Sir Bosky would love to talk about this, but there was tons of Firmino slander everywhere on social media about how Jota was taking his job. It was pretty hilarious, to be completely honest with you, because – Firmino, I think Klopp put it best. Liverpool wouldn't even be in the Champions League without Firmino. He, started, he said something like he started the last 500 games. So, I mean, it was a huge performance. Best thing I've seen from them in a while. And without Van Dyke, that's huge. But we'll move on. Alvin, don't really want to make you talk about this, but uh, say what you want. Istanbul, Basak, here too? Uh, man, you won?
2: I mean, you know, it's very – this is very – simple. football is a very simple game, you know. Uh, you need to score goals. You need to be creative. You need to uh, defend, and you need to have structure. And those are all things that United we're not only you know could not you know we're subpar or, you know are a little bit we were in shambles. There was nothing zero, and it makes you question because it's the same team that beats Red Bull Leipzig and PSG two nil five nil. You know after what happened over the weekend as well i think it's time all his time is up you know it's i personally believe so i love the man i uh, thank him for everything that he's done but obviously the players are not serving for him the board is not you know giving him the back that he needs um, and it's not his fault but we need new energy we need a fresh breath of air and i mean the fact that demba ba could recreate uh, you know the the <laughs> infamous chelsea liverpool goal you know <laughs> i mean i couldn't believe what i was watching and
1: it, it just shows the state that united is in right now yeah for sure and i guess i'll just pose the question for everyone mm-hmm. does you've already said it yourself bosky and nick do you think ole should be fired
3: yeah i I, th- I think it is time for him to go it's it's i mean I, maybe even a week and a half ago you asked me the same question i say maybe give him a couple more weeks see what's going on but after the performance they had at the weekend and a very underwhelming performance in the Champions League I, I'm with Alvin I think it's time to go they need new energy it just seems like the players just aren't he's not energizing the players the players aren't uh, getting behind what he has to say or what he wants to do and so I think for that reason I
0: think it's just time to go. Listen you, you can't discount the sort of effort in the uh, live zig and, and PSG games however um, you, you look at, at that game, uh, you look at the record in the Premier League, 2-1-3. and three. Um, Quite frankly, uh, Ole Gunnar Shoshkar, uh you are the weakest link of the big six managers. Goodbye. <laughs> I agree, and I, I think this because
1: of two reasons, two very clear reasons that the two times that I really thought that United looked really good. One, when he came in and Jose Moreno left, and everyone knows when Jose leaves the team, the team hates him. And as soon as someone comes in, it could be me managing them. They're going to play better because they're not playing under Jose anymore. So that was the one time that I saw them do well. And two, when Bruno Fernandez came in, it lifted the whole team because there was a player that seemed to be the savior for United. Ole has never been good enough for this job. He came in as an old player. The only reason he got the job was because in his interim stint, after Jose came, he did well. And anyone's going to do well after Jose leaves. That's just what happens. But we'll move on to Boski. Chelsea three, Ren zero. Uh, I mean, another another very, very solid performance
3: from Chelsea. I thought, I mean, after the red card, the, I mean, I, I thought maybe Chelsea would step on the gas a little more. They didn't. They kind of sat back. But I think the thing to take away from this game was yet another clean sheet. I think Frank Lampard has finally found not only his keeper, but I think he's finally figured out the defense because they look very solid in the last few weeks. I think one thing to mention, um, I believe it was the second penalty was – I think it was, was it the second penalty that was just, like, the most awful handball. Like,
1: call, I just, so bad. And like, they give him a red for it. It was like, a
3: red card. Was, that was the red card. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the, yeah, the second penalty. Like, the first penalty, totally, definitely a penalty. Second one was a bit controversial. But even so, Chelsea definitely deserved to win this game. Abraham scored, I believe, in the second half as well. But I think, again, the big thing takeaway is that Frank Lampard has figured out the back line, it seems. And he's finally found himself a keeper that he can feel comfortable with. And that, I mean, the rest of the team could feel comfortable uh, with because, I mean, last season, as we all know, Kepa became a huge meme, not only in the Premier League, but of uh, European European competition as well. So I think that's pretty big. And I guess the question I pose is where does Kepa go from here? I mean, this is just – this is pretty pretty awful.
2: Well, I mean, Kepa, you know, it's, it's a big world out there, and he's still young. And for goalkeepers, I think it's – important to remember that they usually don't reach their prime around, you know, late twenties, reaching early thirties. Now, that being said, we've seen what, you know, the mental aspect means to a goalkeeper and what that can do to your performance. And you look at, you know, careers like Laurie's Carius uh, to I was mention just one, I was about to say. It's like, you know, uh, one match, you know, and even if, you know, Ethan will say, go back to, Oh, but he was concussed, you know, whatever, if whatever happened, you know, one match, you know, goes back to uh, the end of his career, you know, a complete, the end of his career. And it happens, you know, multiple times. I'm sure you guys can think of other situations. And so Kepa, you know, in order to save his career, he really needs to, uh, I would say, go back to Spain, go to a team like Granada, uh, Valencia, you know, maybe even uh, Real Betis, you know, a team that can push for Europa League, uh, a two-year two loan. But if not, you know, it's sad because this is, most expensive goalkeeper of all time. To have your legacy thrown,
1: you know, thrown away like that is uh, terrible. No, I completely agree with you. He just needs confidence, and I think that's the big thing. How much money he's spent—that's literally the only reason he's still playing. But we'll move on, and of course, he's not anymore because he's been overtaken. But we'll move on to Europa League, kind of quick fire. Tottenham did their business against Lutegorits, three-one. Arsenal beat Mold, Molday, Mold. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All these old teams. I was about to say, you would know, because it's always old team. They beat them 4-1. They were down 1-0 to start and then came back. Leicester 4, Braga 0 is probably the surprise for me that Leicester is that good. They're showing again and again that they are a top team and do not mess with them. But we'll move on to the Premier League. Premier League recap from last week. We're going to go just through the teams that we all normally do and then maybe through a couple others. But it's just kind of be a quicker one due to time. Nick, Sheffield United 0, Man City 1. It was a little bit of a grind-out of a result, but how are you feeling?
0: And this has been part of the course in the shitty Sheffield United matches as well. Uh, Sheffield just seems to have uh, City's number in the, in the head-to-heads that, they, that they've had over the last, in, in their last few uh, head-to-heads. So it's not necessarily the biggest surprising thing in the world, but it seems like every time City have this sort of possession they like to play, Sometimes it backfires, and sometimes it results in really good wins. Um, what a classifier is a really good win, but this is still it's, – it's a, it's a good three points. And for City and the position they're in, they need to be getting three points, three points, three points, three points. And this is a good start to that. For sure. Moving on, I'll go to me, Liverpool two, West Ham one.
1: Liverpool fought back. It was a – Strong performance. Shakiri came on, made the difference. I think once again, Henderson was superb just every week. I'm surprised at how good Henderson is. And then that Shakiri pass to Jota was just absolutely unbelievable. unbelievable. It was absolutely exquisite. I mean, it was, it was just, it was inch perfect. Jota finishes it off. I honestly, for a second thought that goal was going to get called back for all sides, which would have been absurd. Thankfully they didn't And Jota just continues to fire. Of course, he had the hat-trick midweek in Champions League, and he's just been way better than anyone could have expected. He's the first player to score seven goals in his first ten games at Liverpool since Robbie Fowler. So this man is breaking records, getting close to breaking records, and it's been amazing. And also for Liverpool to grind out a result, losing a lot of players, started Nat Phillips at back. absolutely superb performance from him, and they continue to grind out results that maybe they don't play the best in. Next up, Alvin, I hate to do it to you again, but Man U 0, Arsenal 1. It's going to be a hard one. You know, I'm hoping for better days. Um,
2: You know, Man United, this is always a tricky fixture for us, of course. You look into it, and it's a fabled one, Man U Arsenal. We've had some great memories, thinking 7-2, you know, back in 2012. But uh, this time, you know, Arsenal were able to take advantage of a good form, a young manager, they have a plan. And our atrocious home form, I think that, you know, uh, I don't know what's going on. And it has something to do with, no, you know, the theater of dreams being empty. But we've been very bad at home. You know, we offered nothing offensively in the midfield. There was no plan from Ollie. I would say no tactical awareness. I think that it was just one of those days where, I, and it, you know, no one was up to par. And Arsenal deserved the three points. You have to think, you know, yeah, in these games, does Ole, do the players really even want to work for Ole anymore? It's almost like, you know, we remember back in Mourinho, Pogba was like, you know, they won't want to perform. They want to get a coach out. And this is one of those matches where I really felt if they wanted to fight for what they, you know, something in the season or for Ole, they would do it in a match against Arsenal. And they really just looked uh, terrible. I had no motivation at all, so it's,
1: it's concerning. We'll see what, how what happens. Definitely a struggling result, and man, you might have to look for Ole's firing, as all of us mm. kind of said. But Boski, I'm sure you're just absolutely thrilled right now. Top four, Tottenham sitting in <laughs> third. Another win, Tottenham two, Brighton one. Yeah, um,
3: I mean, it was a really gusty performance uh, from Tottenham, actually from both sides. I mean, it was a it was a well fought game and. By no means was this an easy game for Tottenham like I had imagined. Uh, Brighton really came to play. But it, uh, the difference was Gareth Bale coming on and scoring a fantastic header, which was, I mean, it was, pretty, it was pretty awesome to see. I think from a neutral perspective, it was pretty awesome to see Gareth Bale back in the Premier League scoring in the number nine shirt. And just seeing what it meant to him, I mean, clearly this, was, this is something that uh, it's been a rough couple of years for Bale. And just to see him do something like that was pretty uh, spectacular. Uh, another, another thing uh, that, I, that I thought I should mention about this game was the fact that um, Brighton look a lot hungrier than they do, or they did last year, I should say. I mean, they're not necessarily getting some of the results that they've hoped or even deserved, but, I mean, they look like a team that can compete with, with, with a lot of the teams that are even uh, in the top half of this table so far. So I thought it was, you know, it was something to note from Brighton's perspective. Again, Tottenham and the sitting in the third position – Uh, like Ethan just mentioned and hopefully this is something that they could build off of because you know they've they've got two two wins in the last two games including um, obviously including European competition and um, their attack just looks disgusting
1: at the moment so
3: I'm excited to see where this team goes.
1: For sure and for other games around the weekend Wolves beat Crystal Palace 2-0 strong performance from them Burnley got battered by Chelsea 3-0 like Bosky was saying with the Champions League game, they seem to have found their goalie and back line that maybe he that Lampard can trust. Huge battering, a huge game, seven goal thrillers. Southampton, four Aston Villa, three. Southampton look like they've kind of turned it around, maybe mean the business this year. Aston Villa have kind of fallen off. Newcastle upsets Everton, two one. Uh, pretty big game. Cal Molson with a brace. Fulham, two West Brom, zero. The battle of the boys that were struggling. Fulham came out on top. And Leeds United won Leicester City 4. Let's talk a little bit about that game. Leeds United, Bosky's been a big fan of them so far this year. Everyone has. Bamford with that hat trick. Leicester City, I mean, they won 4 0 midweek in Europa League on Thursday. I guess it's today when we're recording. And then come out and before that beat Leeds United 4 1. How big are Leicester? How, are they pretenders? Are they real? Are they for real? What are you guys thinking? I think uh, Leicester
2: need to understand that if, this, if they're going to have another cinderella season, it's this one, you know? This season is unlike anyone we've seen before. United are fighting relegation. Uh, you know, we have teams like Aston Villa destroying Liverpool. Um, anyone can be anyone. And Leicester, of course, have had some disappointing matches, but they've also come up with some big wins, of course. I remember that Man City win. Vardy's on fire. Tielemans is starting to reach a new level to his game where i'd say a world-class level and maybe one of the best belgian players right now because he is uh the the clock the engine of that team that's second place right now in the premier league you know every position is uh, looking good i don't know what you guys think if lesser can contain this but they've proven that if anyone can do it it's that one the foxes
3: yeah, I the only the only thing is they I mean the last couple of seasons they started off very hot and slowly slowly fizzled out and um, I'm not sure if they can keep up this uh, level, this form and again I I mean I, I hope they can because I mean they're really exciting to watch but I'm just I'm just kind of on the fence about Leicester just because they this is a story we've seen before they start off really hot everyone you know gets their hopes up about Leicester and then they slowly slowly drop and so. I'm not sure if they can keep up this form, like I said. But, again, like you said, Vardy is just continues to play at a, such a high level at his age. And Tielemans has just been unbelievable. But I'm um, curious to see what uh, some of you guys think about that.
0: Yeah, and that's and that's still coming after a uh, couple of losses that Leicester have taken. And, you know, games like that are going to be big for going forward. I mean, not slipping up uh, in an opportunity where you shouldn't be slipping up. Um, so – it's it's a, it's a good good win, second in the table right now. They're definitely in that good spot. They're going to have to keep it up, though, especially against the lower-tier teams. If they can't keep it up against the lower-tier teams, there is no chance Leicester finishes in top four. Yeah, and I kind of
1: – I agree with what you guys are saying, but at the same time, I kind of disagree with the point that what they're going for this season, like Alvin said, it'll it would probably be a Cinderella story if they ended up winning the league just because of – the talent and the teams around them and who people expect to win the league. But I think what they're trying to establish right now is to establish themselves as a top four, as a top six team in the Premier league and as a team that people should worry about if they have to face them in Europe. So I think this season will kind of decide that if they continue to play as they do, like Boski said, they did fall off last season. That was after a weird pandemic thing, whole break thing. So maybe that was why that happened. You can't, maybe can't take as much from it. Uh, But I think they look like they're the real deal as a team that could legitimately grow into a top 16. Maybe it becomes top seven or one of those top six teams pushes out, but we'll just have to wait and see how that continues. But player rankings, player of the week, underrated player of the week. Bosky, how would you go first? Uh,
3: okay. I, I mean, for my player of the week, I, I went with uh, Gabriel from Arsenal. I thought he had a really, really fantastic game. At the, I mean, he's, he's only like 22 years old. and He looks like he, he's going to be one of the best center halves in the Premier League for years to come. I thought his passing, his composure, and his positioning were just, were, were special against United and really kind of caused them all sorts of problems. And, you know, United for the most part of the game did not have many chances. So I thought Gabriel, for me, was my player of the week. Um, for my underrated player, I went with Jamie Vardy because, I mean, he did obviously he scored his goal. But. He caused so many problems for the Leeds United defense that look so sound and look so, so well-coached for the last um, few match weeks that we've seen. But Vardy's pace, his positioning, again, is just second to none in the Premier League at the moment. And I thought, you know, he deserved the show for that.
0: Nick, you want to go ahead? Yeah. Um, Hakeem Sayak, he played a really solid game with a goal and an assist. But in that same Chelsea team – Lies someone that may have had an even better role, and that was Mason Mount. Um, Statistically, an extremely solid game for him with several key passes and several accurate long balls and someone that did ultimately also get an assist. And he was really also sort of linking everyone up in this team. This is definitely a great sign for, for Chelsea that, it's not just their big signings like Syke, but also guys like Mason Mount. At only 21 years old, let's, let's not forget, that is doing all these things so effectively. And he is really turning into someone that is becoming a huge threat uh, that everyone needs to look out for. And Mason Mount as well, over 90% of his passes weren't completed successfully. He is linking this team up, and he's checking off all the boxes for someone that is really standing out. I mean, Alvin, who
2: you got? Yeah, I can go next. I mean, for me, I'm surprised. I thought this was going to be another, you know, uh, four-way tie. But I was, you know, taken away by James ward Krause's performance. Uh, I think that <laughs> – there we go. I know, so you have someone that scored – I mean, the first free kick is a beauty, and then the second free kick – yeah, you see how he places it to the side of the net, and I mean that's just you know marveling about the actual goal itself. But those are two goals that gave him the three points. He captained his side, and this is a player that's starting to take on that role of you know leading his team. This is someone that I remember for many years got a lot of hate uh, for not living up to his potential when he was 19, 20 years old, coming through the ranks. Um, now he's really starting to fill that role. And I could see him being one, a really great midfielder uh, to come. And we could see him. I mean, I've heard a lot of rumors uh, he could fit into Liverpool. I don't know what you think about that, Ethan. But, <laughs> I mean, to me, I, for me, I think he's a really good midfielder. He's my star. Then my underrated has to be uh, someone I've been, you know, looking at since last year. I remember on SofaScore, he had, like, the highest rating for a long time. It was 18, he was 18 back then. Ryan Nori. The French left back. He was playing on uh, Amiens or Cayenne, one of the just lower teams. And now he's on Wolves, and he scored, and he played amazing. And this is a player that most people won't know about, but I'm sure given a couple years, everyone is going to know his name.
1: Yeah, I uh, I was going to go Ward-Prowse. I was also going to go eight nori so um, <laughs> they were both <laughs> – Very, very strong players, but I'll change it up to Yori Tielemans just because I think – I didn't really want to go him because I've already gone him in weeks prior, but I think he is vital to what Leicester do, and I think he had a very good game. Of course, one of his goals was a penalty, but the first goal he scored, he was in and around the box, first person to react to it. And, of course, Leicester got a big win. And then my underrated player of the week, I'm going to go with Callum Wilson just because he's banging in goals for Newcastle, and I think that was the biggest thing Newcastle needed – so not necessarily for his performance, even though he did get a brace. I think it's just because of what he brings to Newcastle and how big he actually is for that team. And his signing in general kind of, I think, went under the radar in terms of underrated maybe signings. Of course, it's underrated player of the week. But, and I do think, as a Liverpool fan, Nat Phillips should get a shout just because of how well he did play. But we'll move on. Banter of the week. Let's go to Nick first. What are you, what are you thinking for your banter of the week?
0: Oh, good old action going on in uh, the world of uh, Luis Suarez. You know, just wanted to sneak a little peek at the VAR. Perhaps he has some questions about VAR. He wanted to go in, look at it for himself. Referee said, "Uh uh-uh, that's a yellow card, good sir. Uh, Just, you know, what does Suarez do, man? Just picking up a yellow card for want to take a peek at the VAR screen. What the heck, man?
1: Never change, Suarez. Never change. I mean who who else would go and try to take a peek at the VIR screen if it's not Luis Suarez? <laughs> probably that's Diego Costa's teammate, I'm gonna be honest. That's probably yeah. true. I mean I, I'm just waiting for that duo to actually come to fruition. I mean, come on. That's that's what everyone's like. yeah, yeah. Any just... any
3: just any attacking duo under Diego Simeone will never come to fruition. Just know that. That's,
1: just, <laughs> that's, just, that's just... <laughs> I'm not even saying I just want him to play, man. Just yeah, see no, see, no, see just... the see the heck the craziness that they they make pursuit and what happens, bro. But for me, I hate to do this to you, Alvin, but it was just too funny not to make it my banter of the week. So former Liverpool player Martin Skirdle, of course, plays for Istanbul, Beshez I think you say it something like that. But he basically said, it's our first win in the Champions League ever. We wish we could play Manchester United every week. So, um... It's a tough one for many U fans to take, but as a Liverpool fan, it's just it's just basking in the glory. I mean, it's, it's, it's perfect. There's nothing better the man could have said. But also adding on to it, to attack Martin Skirtle a little bit, this man was bald every single time he played for Liverpool, and now he has hair. Are you telling me this man could <laughs> have grown his hair out, but he sat there bald and shaved it off because he thought it looked better? Like, what kind of psychopath makes himself bald when they can grow their hair? But – that's that was my bench of the week. We'll move on to Alvin. He'll probably attack back at me, maybe. You
2: know, there's been a lot of talk on uh, United Pages of what's going to happen next, uh, future signings, and there are s- some signings that are really looking forward. For me, my bench of the week, I just want to name these off for of you. If you think that it doesn't sound like some kind of joke, um, Hakan Calianaglu, <laughs> we have the 36-year-old centre back from Fiorentina Martin Caceres.
1: Oh yeah, big great signing.
2: Oh my, <laughs> and finally, we're gonna sell Diego Delo for 4 million to AC Milan. Just oh my so much. He has just. Bought- where is this
1: coming from? It's the source. Bought- no, no. Yeah. Here's the source for this. Trust me, bro. That's the source. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, like, you yeah, gotta trust me, bro.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> my friend told me, bro. I mean, that's what I'm saying. We have to see what (laughs) this is from, uh, you know, so many things coming from the sun. Some of these things
1: coming from- Oh, the sun, (laughs) the sun is terrible. Get out of here. The sun's (laughs) the worst one, bro. Everyone in the hates the sun. That's what I'm saying that we don't know
2: what's gonna happen in the coming days. All I know is that if this is what's gonna take
1: shape, you know, I might have to start taking looking a new team to support. If any, if anything, you gotta go the other way. You gotta go young players. You don't want to go old players. Yeah, why exactly. would well, you
3: get like thirty six year old center halves or, or like? I mean, that.
1: I, what well, I don't get, I don't even see. I mean, I guess like point. at some point their team is kind of young now, but at the same yeah, we've got time, some young players in. At the we've same time, 30, you don't want to get thirty. 30.
0: No, but I,
1: we're trying to fill up
2: with, like, they say, we need a center back. And so they look at that. They say, this is a center back. And there, plop, put him right in. You know, he's free wages, whatever. He'll be free. And, and you know, it doesn't work like that. I think that pure change is not going to happen until the honors are out. I mean, I can't, imagine, I can't imagine them changing the philosophies or mentalities when it comes to transfers.
1: I, I will Especially say – Liverpool need a center back because Van Dyke left and we're going after people that are probably better than thirty six year old Cassair. But I like Reese Williams. I didn't think he was a uh, – I think yeah, I, I didn't think he was gonna be that good, man, to be completely honest with you. He hasn't said he hasn't done anything wrong in two Champions League appearances. hmm And that's a non-league play. Last season he was
2: playing non-league. So you can already imagine that someone like that, you know,
1: must be a, you know, I mean, they must show something at Klopp that they can perform at that level, at a Champions League. I saw, I saw something. It was, it was a post. I mean, if we're talking about Banter of the Week, I don't know. Maybe it's going to be true. But there's uh, Reese Williams, and then there's Billy Cometio. And I saw something that it said it was Van Dijk and Koulibaly walking out, I guess, when Liverpool played Napoli. And it basically said Billy Cometio and Reese Williams in 2026. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just unnecessary. But, <laughs> yeah. He had our best bench of the week la- or two weeks ago. So we'll move on to Bosky. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah,
1: I mean, my, my bench of the week isn't necessarily
3: something that's like funny to happen, but it actually – it does kind of relate to something that Ethan and I were talking about probably a couple days ago. Because wow, when Yota was going crazy, um, Ethan was talking – like told me basically about how Liverpool Twitter slandering Firmino. And so – I took a little quick Google or not a Twitter search. I just typed in, I literally typed in Liverpool and then just started scrolling. And I mean, I'm one of those people that thinks that it is probably Firmino's time to go. However, some of the Liverpool fans that were talking on Twitter were absolutely outrageous. I mean, Liverpool Twitter was basically saying that basically saying that Firmino was like Josie Altidore. I mean, like, he was – it was awful. Like, they basically slandered his entire career. <laughs> saying like, that, you know, this is the so Brazilian bad. forward we're looking Man. for. Like, we – like, it was, it, was, it was awful. I mean, I think, like, just judging from Twitter, if I knew nothing about Firmino, I would think that he had the expectations of Ronaldo Nazario and became Josie Altidore. I mean, like, it was awful. So, I thought that was uh, pretty funny. But mm-hmm. – yeah. Anyway, oh, uh, this just in. United are looking to re-sign Ibrahimovic and Morlan Fellaini. So, uh, have fun. Oh I mean, not <laughs> one. That must be a joke.
2: No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> no, <Aron> <laughs>
3: <Pellaini>. <laughs> you literally gave me a heart attack. A heart attack. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No. That. That would. Uh, yeah. That would be interesting. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think the for- the Fellaini signing was the bench of the decade, to be honest.
1: Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you have to bring back Jose Mourinho just so you could sub Fellaini in in the last what fifteen uh, no, yeah. minutes? And just love it for? Forty million, it. yeah. I mean, I we well, yeah. we'll sub in David Moyes as well. <laughs> oh my
3: God. David Moyes. Yeah, David Moyes. I think you should get. I think you should rehire David Moyes. Get thirty-nine-year-old Ibra, who's actually playing pretty well. But I mean, yeah. That's the thing, Ibra. Yeah.
2: I mean, he's probably better signing than Cavani, without a doubt. And, yeah, yeah. Thinking 40. but you know, United, obviously, to finish up on United, so I don't have to hear anything <laughs> more, you know, it's clear that we need some change. I'm sure by the next time we talk, we might have some new news of a new coach, you know, just, you know, earlier we are talking about maybe some rumors coming that Ole has already been sacked. So we'll see how that comes into play. You know, Mauricio Pochettino just this week said that he's looking for a new job, that he's ready to work. Uh, this could all be a little hint of what's come to – what's to come in the future, and that's what I was gonna ask you. What do you guys think of Pochettino as a choice
1: for United? I, I, mean, I
2: think he it's he better than Ole. <laughs> <One> <laughs> he track, like, five, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think he was the clear choice when they needed a new manager. But of course, they went for Ole because he had some good performances after Jose. But he was he was the clear choice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought the clear choice at one point could have been Ancelotti, and they but
3: clearly yeah. they didn't they didn't go in that direction. So I think. And I, So I thought Pochettino was the next best option, especially after what he did for Tottenham. I mean, he went to a Champions League final two years ago, let's not forget. And um, so I think it's pretty clear that if United are going to sign any sort of manager, it should be Pochettino. However, I mean, they may go in the direction a former player like they do sometimes and just sign like Roy Keane or something like that so Ooh, Ryan Giggs. and that's what every you know Patrice
2: Evra and Roy Keane I mean that's that's what I would love I, would, I, would I think love. that would work to be honest with you I, I, have, I mean yeah the good good cop bad cop that's anyways saying. let's get into the favorite coach <laughs> yeah Keane was part of Ireland I believe Keane well, did as Evra Evra no I know Evra. I mean I follow him on Instagram I know he and I he said that he's completed uh the coaching course you know and 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 i have faith in him i have i know i mean if are signing someone like ollie come on get roy Keane and evron you know and
3: that's someone who's gonna really motivate the players before we move before we move on i uh, i just want to ask you alvin how would you feel about uh gary neville i mean he had a great stint in valencia oh, <laughs>
2: my God! don't talk about i think he might be the worst manager of all time
3: <laughs> literally i think it might have been i mean the man had Harry Kane taking corners for England and then literally proceeded to win zero games for Valencia. So I I think it's a great signing for United.
2: Gary Neville can stay as a pundit. I think that's, that's his best role right
1: now. (laughs) For sure. Him and Jamie Carragher. Oh, what a great, what a great duo. All right. We'll move on to the Premier League preview for this weekend. Uh, there's some pretty interesting games. Uh, Probably the marquee game would be Man City versus Liverpool. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Friday, Brighton versus Burnley. Uh, I mean, I think Brighton's got to at some point get points. And the only reason I'm talking about this game is because Brighton, I think, have looked very good all season, and they haven't gotten any points. So, do you guys think it's finally the finally game that Brighton gets points?
2: Yeah, I think that Brighton, has, as as uh, Bosky was saying before, you know – Brighton has proved that their fight against the top six uh, clubs, you know, I said against United, of course, we had an amazing back, back-to-forth uh, match with them in the beginning of the season. You know, Tariq Lamptey has really been a revelation for the Brighton supporters and right back, coming from Chelsea last year. So I think, you know, they have a nice structure. They're very attacking, very high-pressing. And they show a, what, you know, a modern football club should look like. And I agree with you. They need a win, and they should be beating Burnley.
3: I agree. I think I think that, um, uh, like I said uh, when I was talking about the Tottenham game, they they look they clearly look hungry, and I think that this is one of those games where they do actually have more talent, I believe, than Burnley, um, at least in the uh, when going into the final third with uh, Leilana, who's been who played against Tottenham, who's been playing pretty solidly this year, Troussard, uh Tariq Lamptey, as uh, Alvin mentioned. I think uh, this is a game where they should be getting points and. Uh, I think they
0: will, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, to me, it's not about Bright. It's more about how bad Burnley's been, uh, <laughs> which is, quite frankly, a, a bit of, of a surprise, to be quite frankly, when it seems like everyone's going in and getting their fair share of wins. There's been three teams so far that haven't done that, and, that, and Burnley is one of them, uh, the worst team in the league, of, of one point and minus nine goal differential. Uh, So, you would think at some point that Burnley's misfortunes would change, but it probably won't come against Brighton.
2: There have been some sources, real quick, I want to know what you guys think, that I've seen some news that Burnley are undertaking, you know, over an Egyptian takeover, $200 million worth. I wonder if that has anything to do with, you know, the uh, start to the season, but... How big would that be? You know, that could really change. First of all, I wanna know why in the world would you choose
3: Burnley? But that what do you guys think of that? I mean, I I I saw something like this and I didn't take it too seriously simply because the whole Newcastle takeover was supposed to be a thing. And that clearly fell apart and fizzled out. So I mean, if this were to happen, again, my biggest question would be why Burnley? Um, but it, it would be it would be huge. I mean, pumping that much money to a club like Burnley could seriously backfire, or it could seriously propel them into, you know, uh, something where they could somehow attract players or some uh, big coaches. But again, i It's. I think it's too early to necessarily
0: make uh, any distinction of whether this is going to happen. Or not. Quite frankly, I don't think two and a million is going to do a ton in in their in this modern age. I mean, it may propel them to a point to where. They're gonna buy themselves some years and years and years of of, of the least safety, if not upper mid tier. But I just don't. In the modern era, let's let's get that point straight. Two hundred million is just not gonna do a ton, at least if you're trying to get a club into European places on a consistent basis. Two hundred million is not gonna do it. So to me, quite frank, whether it happens or not, I'm brushing it off because. Two hundred million, and I should know this. I'm a fan of a freaking money team in city, okay? (laughs) I know what I'm trying to talk about here with this whole money thing. Two hundred million is not going to do it. And I mean, I agree with you that
1: two hundred million wouldn't do it. But just because they're buying them for two hundred fifty million or however much you said doesn't mean that's how much money they have. But also, kind of what Bosky was saying. This team, and some of you guys hinted at it. This team has been a mid table, sometimes a little higher, sometimes a little lower. Barely buy anyone, still somehow do well. So the fact that they're struggling now is interesting just because they've kind of just been a mediocre, not even mediocre, just like mid pack team that sometimes overachieves, sometimes underachieves. But that'll be interesting to see. The game after that is Southampton versus Newcastle, two teams that, especially Southampton, you could say are overachieving. Newcastle are mid table, so about where you would have expected them to be. Alvin Everton versus Man U probably hinges a lot on if Ole gets fired or not, but what are you thinking?
2: I mean, personally, you know, those rumors, still very early. I think Ole sh- should be on the bench, and this is his last chance, really. You know, it's a three points or nothing. The board is why I told him, you don't get us the three points, you're out. And, you know, knowing Man you these are games that, <laughs> I mean, again, uh, we have performed well, not only, you know, this season. A week ago, we thrashed Leipzig. Uh, it's in us. Now, whether we're going to be able to do it against a well-performing Everton side that's has uh, you know uh, rejuvenated with new coaching staff and, and new players, uh, is going to be a huge test for the players for Oli. Um, at this point, you know I I don't I'm not too confident. Um, I think the players are not going to serve Oli. They're not they're not willing to to serve him. They're not going to give 100%. And Everton are as we said you know on the rise. They've
1: lost a few points in a couple of weeks. They're going to be looking to take advantage of United being in such a low spot. No, oh, yeah. And, I mean, I think watch out because Everton have kind of became the dirtiest team in the league after uh, oh, certain yeah, events yeah. and other events. Uh, you know, they're, they're pretty dirty, <laughs> so just watch out. There might be some injuries. I don't know. Crystal Palace versus Leeds. Leeds are going to be looking to bounce back. Crystal Palace are, too, after their loss. Chelsea versus Sheffield. Are Chelsea the real deal? Will Sheffield ever start getting points? West Ham versus Fulham. West Ham have been very, very good this season. Fulham, not so much, but Fulham coming off of a bright game against West Brom. Boski, top four Tottenham. Speaking of West Brom, they're taking them on. What do you think? Uh, I mean, if you look at this, there's no way –
3: there's no angle you can look at this and say that West Brom should be winning this game or even getting points from this game. But – Having said that, these are some of the games uh, in the past where Tottenham have, you know, they've dropped points. And this is what separates some of the big teams from, you know, some of the teams that are always known for under underachieving or underwhelming. So I think this is a big game for Tottenham. If they can grab three points like they should. It'll, I mean, it'll put them in a very strong position to continue moving forward. And I think this is one of those games where, you know, depending on how well you can play, it's a huge confidence booster going forward, especially for the front three who have been looking phenomenal this year, I, or even front four, if you include Bale into that, uh, or Lucas Mora just yet. Again, this is a catch game, I, I feel, for Tottenham. This is one we've seen them drop points before, uh, especially last year which, and the year before. So I'm curious to see where this goes,
1: but I, I do fully expect Tottenham to win this game comfortably. All right, and Leicester play Wolves. That's an interesting one, especially considering both of them. Leicester have been very strong. Wolves look like maybe they're getting back to what they're used to. And then the big one, Man City versus Liverpool. I think this is the first game we've had where two people have been pitted up against each other. Nick, I'll let you go first with Man City.
0: What a gentleman. First off, let's get this straight. Peacock. (laughs) <laughs> Dang, NBC, you got the whole squad laughing on that. Uh, but let, let's get something straight here. I mean, Man City this season, they've been a little bit, like, inconsistent in the Premier League. And this is a match to where they are going to have to have their attack coming on strong because guess what? Liverpool and going to be there, and they're going to be strong. Uh, and I would predict at least two goals from Liverpool. Uh, and So if you have a chance to win this, you need to have your attack strong especially against Liverpool defense that at times so far has struggled. I mean, they, let's, let's remember here. Liverpool's only got a plus two goal differential. And so this is a match where City must be strong in attack. If not, they're losing. Yeah, I'll be completely honest. I was not looking forward to this game until
1: Liverpool did what they did against Atalanta because I think, as you said, the defense has been not good even when Van Dyke was there. So when he's been gone, it's almost like they've done better, but – even last week, West Ham, that was a goal that probably could have not happened. It wasn't the greatest clearance from Gomez, and there was just some times for West Ham. Of course, West Ham looked a lot better than they have. It was a little struggling, a little shaky. But what they did against Atalanta was the Liverpool of old. I don't know if that's something that Klopp's going to continue to do, whether he's doing that because Rhys Williams is in that side in the Champions League. Uh, Matip is supposed to be back, which would be pretty big to be able to pair with Joe Gomez, which actually doesn't happen very often, which is kind of surprising. I guess it's normally either Mati or Gomez. But I still think that kind of attack, it's kind of the Liverpool of old. Like we said, the games that Liverpool and City would play, which is 4-3, 5-4, these crazy games. I think it's looking like it's going to be something like that. If City end up trying to maybe make it more possession-based, maybe make it more chill, not as much as that attacking-wise – Then I could see City winning just because our defense isn't strong enough to play like we did play last year. But if Liverpool play like they did against Atalanta, I mean, I don't see almost any team in the world that can beat them at this point. I mean, that was an absolutely spectacular performance. I don't think they're going to replicate that. And I think it's going to be a close game and it's going to be a good one. So, but I do have some faith that Liverpool could win. Maybe. Who knows? And and I guess, as Boski would say, the biggest question is, does Firmino play? (laughs) Which... There is an argument that Firmino always destroys City and he should be playing. But there's also the argument that Jota is just absolutely on fire. Maybe he plays both. Who knows? But that would be very attacking and very not so defensive, which I would be surprised from Jürgen against City. But Arsenal versus Aston Villa are the last game of the weekend. Arsenal coming off of the win against Man U last week. They won midweek in the Europa League, playing against the Aston Villa team that are looking to bounce back after struggling. We'll move on to predictions. Ending the show. Uh, just because of time constraints, I guess, as we all know, as all, every week, we could talk about this for hours on end. We only have an hour-long slot, which is really like 58-minute slot. But last week's totals, I absolutely dominated. Yes. I am 7 out of 10. <laughs> I went very bold last week, and I'm just going to bask in my glory. I picked a Newcastle over Everton. Look at me. I'm an absolute genius. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, 7 out of 10. I'm now on 17 points. Jumped up to second. Uh, Bosky. 4 out of 10 he's on 14 points sits dead last in the rankings. Alvin had a 3 out of 10 and Bosky's been so bad that somehow Alvin is I shouldn't still be in third. I should not be laughing.
3: Look, you're only one point. you're only one ahead of me, okay? Yeah, yeah.
1: Let's let's be clear. Let's be clear. I was tied with Bosky last week. So I'm just I'm just basking the fact exactly that Exactly. yeah. Alvin had 3 out of 10, but it is it is important to point out that Alvin had 3 out of 10 last week and is still in third place and Bosky failed to pass him. But as everyone knows, the man that knows everything, apparently, Nick, had five out of ten. He has 20 points sitting atop. This man is very – I mean, what, I guess – how many times – have we predicted four times? No, it's been six times. So, I guess it hasn't been – I was thinking it would be about five an episode for Nick. But Nick continues to do well. He's very, very, you know, steady, as we should say. We'll move on to predictions for this week. The first game of the week, Brighton versus Burnley. I personally think Brighton's got to get a win at some point. They've been playing so well, and like we said earlier, Burnley
0: haven't, so I'm going Brighton. Alvin? Yeah, I got to go Brighton as well. Brighton as well. Yeah, this is the moment for Brighton. Don't screw it up. Brighton.
1: All right. So, as we all know, um, that basically means Burnley's going to win. But Southampton versus Newcastle, I think Southampton have looked very good. I think Newcastle have looked very good. And with Danny Ings out injured – you guys know what I think about Danny Ings. I'm going to go with a draw.
2: Yeah, I think most people would go with a draw. You know, I think Newcastle have been pretty – looking pretty good. And if anything this season has shown us, is at the shock. So, I'm going to
3: go with Newcastle. Uh, yeah, with Danny Ings out, I'm going, I'm going with a Newcastle win.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to respect what Southampton's done. And even though Ings is out, I, I still think they'll be uh, somewhat strong. I'm going to give it a draw. Um, I would definitely would not rule out a Newcastle win.
1: Dang it. I was looking forward to us having every single team again. Okay. Saturday, Everton versus Man U. Now, this hinges completely, in my opinion, on whether Ole is fired or not. I think he won't be fired by that game. I think, like Alvin said, he's going to have one more chance. And because of that, I think Everton win. Ah, uh, You know, I this is the first time I'm breaking
2: uh, my rules. You know, I have a rule that you always got to be in support of the team, but I think right now we need to switch up the juju a little bit. So
3: I will give it to Everton. Wow. I'm, I'm shocked. I mean, this is – see, this is one of those games where I feel like it's either either United are going to have an awful, awful performance or they're just going to have another 5-0 Leipzig performance out of nowhere. And so I think this is a really tough one for me. But uh, I'm actually going to go with United. I think United are going to take this game. I, 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 I would look understand. so crazy if we were to win. <laughs> and, and they'll I mean, win it Ole because Ole won't get fired, and it'll just result in the downward spiral or something like well, that. Of course, yeah.
0: Yeah, this, this is one of those games, too. I mean, every game for, Ena, for the next, like, five weeks is a must win for Olay to keep his job. Let's get that perfectly straight. Uh, and quite frankly, uh, that's going to come to an end uh, this weekend. I think it's going to be uh, – <laughs> it's, it's going to be Everton. I'm going to go Everton all three points and Olay sacking.
1: Wow, that was, uh, that was ruthless, Nick. All right. <laughs> the next game, Crystal Palace versus Leeds. Uh, I, I, see, part of me, last week I went with my gut, and maybe I should again, but I'm going to go with my brain. Crystal Palace, I think, do have the possibility to beat Leeds just because how they're good in attack, and they're better than people give them credit for, but I'm going to go with Leeds just because I think they need to respond. Yeah, I agree. I think just for the main fight that Crystal Palace seems a little too inconsistent right now.
2: And Leeds are fairly consistent. So I'm going to go with Leeds.
3: Yeah, you know, I've always been told never bet on it, anything inconsistent. And I, I, have to, I have to continue sticking to that. So I'm going to go with Leeds United. I cannot bet on Crystal Palace. They just, like Alvin said, it's, it's been too up and down this season.
0: And Crystal Palace has formed in the last five games. It's been too low. Three losses in the last five. Their only one was against Ford. Their their one draw that they had was against Brighton. That form's not good enough. I think Leeds takes it.
1: All right. Crystal Palace are winning that game. Chelsea versus Sheffield United. I'm going to have to go Chelsea. I think they're back at least a little stabler than they have been, and Sheffield have struggled. Yeah, you know, Sheffield
3: have struggled. They're looking a little better than they did right in the beginning of the season, but I think this Chelsea's three points. Chelsea, I I have to go at Chelsea, just too talented all around. And with Ziyech becoming the top five midfielder in the world that I always thought he could be, (laughs) I have to go at Chelsea.
0: And all of the last five games that Sheffield have been close. Four of them have been losses. Uh, And really, I'm not sure that's going to deviate, but there's just too much in that Chelsea midfield. I think Chelsea wins this. All right. Moving on.
1: As we know, Sheffield wins that game. West Ham versus Fulham. Fulham looked good last week, but I am high on West Ham, especially what they just did against Liverpool. They're a team that looks like they're back to what West Ham used to be. You know, this is one of these games where another shock, I
2: feel, there hasn't been a draw in in Premier League in a while. You know, complete match, last match week, no draws at all. Fulham looks good, and, you know, they picked up three points against West Brom.
3: I think they can get a tie from West Ham. Uh, I I don't think i c I'm not that I'm not as confident as Alvin there. I'm not, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to go with West Ham who've been who've been in good form and again had a great showing against a Liverpool side. Well injured,
0: still a great Liverpool team. Yeah, I, I think that West Ham uh, they should they should be uh, getting to to the win here. They've had some decent form against the big six in their last few matches, and I think West Ham will easily take care of form now, I always say it, and I'll say it again, even though I'd be shocked.
1: Fulham, obviously, are going to win that game. West Brom versus Tottenham. Top four Tottenham. I'm going with them just because of West Brom I'm literally losing to Fulham last week. Top four Tottenham. I like how it's catching on, and I and I feel like this is – I feel like
3: you're picking them for the wrong reason. I I think you should pick them because Tottenham is going to win, not because West Brom is going to lose. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Uh, I think uh, West Ham kind of – not West Ham. West Brom kind of told me a lesson to where – Yeah, you probably should be picking them, especially against Tottenham. (laughs) No way I'm going with West Brom. Give me Tottenham for all three points. All right, Leicester versus
1: Wolves. Like we said, West Brom probably wins that game. Uh, Leicester versus Wolves. I'm going Leicester just because I think they are the real deal.
2: Yeah, I think it is a really
1: entertaining match,
2: but Leicester have been in amazing form lately, and they should be winning against another
3: inconsistent team in Wolves. Last week I would have gone Leicester with full confidence, but after a, gr- a great performance, in my opinion, from Wolves uh, last Friday, I'm gonna actually go with the draw. I believe this one, will, this one will end up as one-one or two-two or something like
0: that. Yeah, and that, that's definitely not a, a bad shot either. And it's actually a result I'm gonna go for. Actually, I mean, Wolves' form has been extremely good. Uh, they have been unbeaten in their last four. And I don't know. It's just something that just kind of have a feeling for. Um, that, that is just going to be a draw. Whether that's going to be high scoring or not, not necessarily sure. But the one thing to look out for, if you're going to look at the prior history of this game, is that a, a goal has not been scored as head-to-head since January 19 of 2019. There's been 2 nil nil-nil draws last season. Won't be nil no this time, but I think another draw is very likely. I, if, I was, if this was last week, I'd go with Wolves just because of a gut
1: feeling. But Man City versus Liverpool, I got to go with Liverpool.
2: Yeah, you know, they impressed me against Atalanta. I do think Jota will play. I think Liverpool are going to grab three points
3: as well. It's a City team that has been very underwhelming. Sorry, Nick. I agree that they've been underwhelming. However, they always put on a show against Liverpool, and I feel like they are going to put on a show again, especially at home. So I'm going to take uh, Man City for that reason.
0: Mm. Well, Alvin, I'll just say this. There's no need to apologize because I'm breaking too. And it's, it's This is where the 4-0 match, I think, partly was just because, I mean, Liverpool, they had clinched at that point. And I think that they're going to give a ton more energy. And quite frankly, I think City's defense has been prepared for an onslaught. Maybe not five or six, but two or three at the least. I'm going to go Liverpool. Wow. Yeah. This right, is a shocker. This is a shocker. Just because we're
1: we're slow, we're, we're a little tight on time, I'm not going to say much about that, but holy crap. Okay, uh, Arsenal versus Aston Villa. I'm going to go with a little bit of a surprise maybe. I'm going to go Aston Villa just because I think – I just have a feeling. Yeah, I have a feeling in the other
2: direction. I think Arteta is starting to catch up. Arsenal are starting to get gel. I think Arsenal three points.
3: Yeah, uh, Arsenal, I mean, they're flying high right now, especially after uh, beating United at Old Trafford for the first time in – a. Probably, I guess, swear, it's my, been my entire lifetime. But, um, you know, I'm wearing the Arsenal shirt right now, and I
0: cannot pick against something going Arsenal. Yeah, I think the, uh, the Aston Villa hype is dead already. Uh, I, I got to go with Arsenal. All right, I went a little bullet on that last pick. But that's it for this week of Banter Clock, this edition.
1: Hope you guys enjoyed. And as always, come for the banter, stay for the knowledge.